good day it's so good to be back you know after a long season of break um thank you for tuning in i am so happy to connect with you again and i hope that this would bless you and um, just propel you forward on your journey with god and all that it would have you be so let's get right into it i am on a goal or a mission to ensure that i don't use so much time I hope God helps us with that. Um, so let's get it right into it. Today we're going to be talking about burdens and assignments. Burdens and assignment. Um, oftentimes we have burdens as children of God. Sometimes we 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 get um, burdens about different things and. I think that sometimes people don't know how to go from there, from having a burden, how to how to react to them, and how to go from them. So let me quickly give a definition of what a burden is. Um, according to the dictionary, the responsibility or a cause of worry that is wearisome to be. It also means to be encumbered. And um, before we also proceed. I like to define purpose. So I think purpose is the overall intent for why God made you. It's the overall intention of God for your life. And this really involves salvation because that's the first desire of God for every man, for that person to be saved and for you to be intimate with him, to fellowship, to have koinonia, fellowship and uh, an intimate relationship with him and much more joining him in his work in his purpose for the world while you're still alive even after salvation and being all that you will have you be so the much more inside of purpose is oftentimes divided into assignments let me repeat that the much more inside of purpose is oftentimes divided into assignments and tasks that god will have you do you will have you carry out from time to time specific divine instructions or tasks that you will have you follow so this moment it might tell you to bring together a group of kids or teenagers and mentor them so um, one thing I've come to figure out about purpose is it's not really a one-time thing so stop that's the end it is as we hear that we do but <clears throat> excuse me you know the, the overall purpose of God for your life is for you to be saved it's for you to be intimate with him it's for you to then join him in his work on earth that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of him that of, of truth that um his kingdom come and his will be done on us i have um, a podcast episode on purpose identity and purpose so please you can check that out for more details of what exactly your purpose is and we can move into this okay so this moment it might tell you to do something it might tell you to undergo a particular discipleship process for the tax for the tax ahead really just how it will lead you and have you go and which is why it is very key and, and very important to cultivate an intimate relationship with god because that's even the first step to living for this world because how do you know you are supposed to to to, to do something or how do you know you're supposed to um, go on a particular task or on a particular assignment if you don't hear from God and how do we hear from God is from having a, a relationship with him so if you if I hear people say I want to live purposefully I want to fulfill God's plan for my life I think the first thing is to go back to 
is to go back to God and just be with him and just love upon him and just serve him and just um, and just obey his word and just live by his dictates and just love him really have an intimate and a life relationship with him and you'll be surprised that from there it will start giving you instructions you say okay we're going to do this um scripture says um god will not do a thing except he reveals it first to his servants his prophets so god it's like god is um in a partnership with man for man yes that's really what ministry is all about is this partnership with man for mankind do you understand so now about burdens sometimes assignments are triggered within us as burdens <clears throat> a continuous repeated recurring dissatisfaction about a particular thing or around a particular subject so let me get a little practical now so you the way a burden works is that sometimes you just keep noticing something it's recurring it's repeated and you're not just comfortable with it you're sad about it somebody might be burdened about street children and be asking questions like why should children be on the streets why should you okay there was a day I, I was just I was in my mom's store and I saw a young girl she was walking that felt in Nigeria in Nigeria or in most African countries that's a normal day picture but I've never been able to wrap my head around it that some children go around walking do you know what that child is exposed to also that and this is a very young young children I've seen a child of I don't think that child, the five, but the one I saw on this particular day was quite young. And what was she doing? She was walking. And there was a passion that rose up from within me. And I was like, I was so sad that day. And um, when she came to ask me, she was like, Are you not buying Pepe in, 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 in Yoruba language? And I was like, gosh i'm not buying pepper but I, I was just so unhappy so these are different things that you just keep seeing patterns that you keep noticing and i think it's very um, important that we put, pay close attention to the patterns in our lives sometimes we live through life without retrospection without um, without looking back without evaluating without um, without um, thinking through things we just keep going we're in this rat race where we're just going and going we're trying to make money we're trying to go to work it's, it's just like a vicious circle it just keeps going no no pause no break so it is important that you pay close attention to the patterns of your life sometimes the way this body is happening is you just keep saying okay mine is health care and the way it <laughs> was happening for me at the time if I go out, when I go out, there's no time I don't see somebody that comes that's having a particular disease. Maybe something like a chronic disease the person just came up with, and the person doesn't have money to probably fend for um, to take care of that, to pay for that um, for the healthcare service that will make them better, and then to take to the streets begging. There was a particular time I was seeing them over and over and over. Even if I go online, I will see them over and over and over, and it became it was just really a burden for me just not like why should somebody be sick and then have to go bankrupt for it it shouldn't be it shouldn't be so those are bodies so uh your body could be around unbelief you are just not happy and you're dissatisfied about the level of unbelief amongst people your body could be this could be against the spirit of religiosity you're just angry that people are so religious without the fire and the spirit of god in the midst of that actually 
do not like religiosity it is it is it is, it is something that it is i don't i don't even know it is not cool and when you see people they think that they know or they think that they are in the right but they're living under the law when jesus has called us into grace so if your, your anger could be against poverty you are just dissatisfied when you see people um, that are poor and it could be around social but it could be around governance you are just angry when you hear about looting about corruption about how things are not functioning the way they should and you're just so passionate about development so the question now is how do i handle those burdens because burdens can be very overwhelming on the recipient now so you know, the, the the youth the average youth and i think I'm speaking to youth any time any day the average youth is asking questions like okay so how do I go from here how do I go from this body how what do I do do I jump out and do it immediately or not so we're going to have three case studies we're looking at Nehemiah we're looking at Moses and we're looking at Jesus so so what is the next thing you do after you perceive a body um, even though it feels like the best thing to do is to actually go out and try to fix the problem as a spiritual being as a child of God we do not make ourselves and I don't particularly believe in coincidences I believe that because scripture says that all my days are written in the book of God so he's looking at them he, he, he has them written out chapter by chapter so I believe I'm, re- I'm leaving out a script so I do not believe in coincidences so if I come from that point of view I know that I do not make myself so when I begin to perceive anything at all, be it an idea, be it a business idea, be it anything, the first thing I think I should do and you should do is consult with God and not jump out to do. You understand? Because if we actually jump out to do immediately, we can end up modeling the water or adding to the problem. So let's look at Jesus when he had a body. And that's Matthew 9, 35 to 38. Um, this was when Jesus went through all the towns. Please, um, I advise you read through the scriptures on your own personal, um, in your own speci- uh, personal space now, so that you can um, um, gain more insight. So Jesus went through Matthew nine thirty-five to thirty-eight. Matthew nine thirty-five to thirty-eight. So Jesus was going through the towns and the villages, and he was teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. He was healing every disease and every illness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Some translations say he he was moved. Another one says his heart broke. When you have a body, this is symptoms of a body. You have compassion, you are moved from the inside of you, not a superficial feeling, and then your heart breaks for that cause. So, so we can say, when you saw the crowds, he had a body for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to, the, to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So, what did Jesus do when he had a body? Jesus is oh yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. We need to save these people, even though it was Jesus, even though it was the Son of God, even though it was God in the flesh. So what did Jesus do? He said, pray to God, ask him to send out workers. And one thing that I saw from here is the first thing to do when you have a burden is pray. Is pray, is consult with God first when you begin to perceive anything. This might not even be a burden, it might be a business idea, it might be 
anything in your life that you're perceiving really the first thing to do is pray because it, it is like consulting with god another example i want to do before i overflow that is um our other case study is nehemiah just go to nehemiah 1 to 13 the chapter chapter um, the 13 chapters in nehemiah and just read through them so nehemiah is my go-to guy on nation building as in <laughs> the wisdom in nehemiah is enough to build a school of leadership and nation building so after nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king in another land and after hearing so his brother came around to visit and he told him he gave him the report of the state of judah and jerusalem of his land of his own town and um, he was like what is happening and the story was not so good it was like let me let me go there a liar so Nehemiah was a cup bearer like I rightly said and um, to the king he was doing his job well and then he says and then me one of my brothers came from Judah with some other men and I questioned them that means he was actually interested I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that has survived the exile and also about Jerusalem. And they told me, those who survived the exile are back in the province and are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, okay, so one thing I want us to see here is what did Nehemiah do when he asked about his people and he heard that they were in trouble and disgrace what did you do i sat down and wept that's body and for some days i mourned and fasted and prayed so you see also again that what did nehemiah do here he prayed and consulted with god if you read that prayer of nehemiah it's so deep it's so deep it's so deep it's so deep so please you can read it from nehemiah 1 5 to 5 to 11 okay so the next thing that happened after that is okay before I, I i move to what i'm supposed to, i'm still talking about prayer the first thing to do when you receive a body is to pray our third case is moses um and the story is found in exodus 2 11. moses was raised as a prince in egypt we all know the story he was raised as a prince in egypt even though he was an israelite and when he had grown up scripture says in exodus 2 11, when he had grown up he went to see his people at their hard work that means that's why the fact that he was in the palace as a prince he was and eating the king's food he had a burden and a burden for his people because there could have been somebody else who even though was a, um, an Israelite by birth would have not cared but he had a burden so I'm sure he was burdened his heart was weary and he was angry when he saw an opportunity to avenge in court or fight for his people he took it and killed an, an Egyptian and this led to his exile a long period of prolonged labor for the Israelites if you read that scripture it says even the time the duration which Moses left Egypt to I think Midian he, 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 the the king of Egypt had died the people's labors were so they were so they were so much in prolonged labor so you see how jumping out ahead of a body can model things up in the case of Moses him trying to do it by his wisdom led to a prolonged labor for the Israelites. 
So very key thing is we want to pray and consult with God. So what is the next thing after prayer? What prayer does is prayer makes power available. Power in terms of clarity, power in terms of divine wisdom to strategize and build solutions, powers, power in terms of divine strength, power in terms of ability to co-create and partner with God. That is what prayer will do. So prayer will make things clearer. Prayer will break it down. Prayer will give instructions and then you know how to go from there. So after Jesus told them, pray to the God of others to send out more laborers. What did he do? He developed a strategy, and I'm sure by the Spirit of God, and he sent out the 12 disciples. You see, he sent out the 12 disciples. He gave them authority to heal and deliver. He gave them instructions. Do this, as in the instructions were so much that it exceeded a chapter, I think. The instructions were detailed. He said, do this. When you get there, don't go to the, he said, don't go to, uh, I have not sent you to the Gentiles or something. Go to the house of JM or, or go to the, the Jews. I have sent you to the Israelites. The instructions were clear. Clear cut guidelines to follow. And so I think one thing I learned from that is you have to pay attention to the instructions. Because, because if God is telling us to do a particular thing, there's a way he wants it to be done. Our refusal to follow how he wants it to be done is going to be is going to move us out of the I feel like from under the shield of his hand of under the his mighty hand into our own um, into our own hard work like rigorous hard work also. So we must also receive the exact fit of solution for the body God has placed in our hearts. I repeat that. We are to receive the ex- exact fit of solution for the burden God has placed in our hearts, not the one that is built by human strength, because that will crumble. So after prayer, the next thing is you want to now receive from God. How do we go from here? And prayer will give you that. One thing to do is also break down the, the assignment into phases. So let's say... Uh, um, you are burdened about street children or you're burdened about unbelief so what do we do lord how do we move from that and if he reveals it to you you can then by the wisdom of god begin to break down the faces because i think another thing people do that makes execution very hard is trying to the whole picture the picture of god when god gives you a picture it is big and it is overwhelming it can be above a human head sometimes not even sometimes most times so Recently, I was talking to God and I was like, I even wrote it down in my journal. And I'm like, me, and me talking now. Are these dreams, these visions, these things that you're showing me, are they possible, God? Are they possible? And God said, Of course it is, dear. An exclamation mark. With me, all things are possible. So they might be high and above your heads. Really? <laughs> okay, so they might be high and above your heads, but one thing that you want to do is break it down as in into stages so that you can measure your growth measure your movement know what is needed per time and does not overwhelm yourself with the burdens because the burdens of god imagine moses being told that <laughs> i was reading the next chapter i think after that okay all the subsequent chapters when it was a media um in um, the foreign land had married and given birth and all of that and god called him the way he was asking God questions, 
and the way he was like no god i think you should he actually told god please send somebody else i'm not going it's not me that's going to do that and god was like he was pissed <laughs> so i was like oh gosh okay you have a brother right Aaron is going to do the talking and all of that so one thing i want us to know is that we should break it down because the vision is big the vision is large so write it down and don't step outside of the guidelines and instructions of god don't say ah let's quickly do it like this with your human mind it will make it faster it, will, it, it seems reasonable to the human mind remember we walk by faith and not by sight moving out of god outside of god's guidelines and instructions is the fastest way to step out of god's creative and innovative power into art labor which is also that was what happened with adam and eve they stepped out outside of god's garden because of disobedience of not following to the latter what he had said and they moved into also into art toil and pain okay so now let's check out um, nehemiah's course of action we already saw jesus's course of action he prayed after praying he devised a strategy with the spirit of the lord and he gave instructions and um, the, the the ministry started and um, the people were helped and the solution was fixed now let's look at Nehemiah's cause of action. After Nehemiah prayed, God gave him favor with the king. Um, I want us to note something. Nehemiah had a track record of never being moody. <laughs> and that was very profound to me. <laughs> Maybe personally. And if you read chapter 2, it says, The king was like, Why does your face look so sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of us. I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad in the presence of the king before. So that to me connoted diligence. So whatever you have in your hand right now doing, there is need, there's a track record. Over time, it will always show. So that was really very profound and high water for me. Diligence, diligence, do it with your heart. Do it with your heart. Um, so the first thing Nehemiah um, did in, in Jerusalem, so God granted him favor. So you see where I said that prayer makes tremendous power available. It was prayer that caused that caused um, Nehemiah to be favored by the king. So prayer will, will begin will will, uh, will make resources available for the tax ahead. So let's assume that God has called you to do something. It might even tell you to work to pray for a year before stepping out. And I think that's the hardest for we humans. We are not so akin to sitting and waiting. <laughs> and I'm still I'm still learning that everybody is. And we just want to step out. We just want to do it. We just want to do it. But there was prayer and prayer made things work out to the extent that everything Nehemiah asked the king. I also said to him, if he pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of this place, of that place, to give me safe conduct? And the king did that. He said, may I have a letter to the Asaph keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gate, by the citadel, by the temple, for the city wall, for the residence I would cover, and the gracious hand, because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my request. Even did more than he asked. He said the king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. Can you see that? Oh gosh. Ah, I received strength to pray <laughs> when God is giving me a burden. I received strength to pray through. To pray through so that when I step out, it will be like I'm just chilling. You understand? You it will be like 
everything is going to be ready the resources the supply the wisdom the favor partnerships will just be falling into partnerships collaborations will be falling things will be given and then and then you, that's when you see some people you're like ah, they're handing these things over to, on, onto their laps job that they are favored that is the power of prayer so what did Nehemiah do after that after praying the first thing he did in Jerusalem was to analyze the problem at hand, even though he knew what God had said. Gosh, he went out and analyzed the situation. Have you analyzed and thoroughly examined the problem before devising a solution? Because you see that they are street children, and you think the next thing is to give them food, food, are to do something. Is that really the answer to the problem? You see how we can we can model up things if we do not get the appropriate wisdom or we do not analyze things thoroughly and examine the problem before devising a solution. So maybe God is calling you into healthcare and he's probably telling you, no, we're not going to be we're not just going to be doing outreaches once in a while from places to places. We're going to build innovations, we're going to build policy reformations. We're going to do advocacy. We're going to actually look at the wisdom to create a, 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 an health insurance package for people in rural areas and rural communities so that they can access health in the primary care center. We'll be the middleman. We'll pay, but they will also pay us a token. We'll get the rest from a donor organization. We'll do this. We'll collaborate. Are you, have you analyzed and thoroughly examined the problem before devising a solution? Okay, my burden is religiosity. I'm, I, I am just not okay with the spirit of religiosity. So is the next thing to condemn people and to tell them this? Or is it the word of God that breeds faith in the heart of men? Is it the message of grace and salvation? How will I do it? Is it social media evangelism? Is it house to house evangelism? What exactly is God saying? So that is very important. So the first thing is to pray. The first thing is to analyze and thoroughly examine the problem and then devise a solution by the Spirit of God. So another thing I noticed, I don't want to go too deep into Nehemiah. That guy is deep. Gosh. Nehemiah prayed all through. All through. When Tob, um, um, Sambalat and Tobias, his chief oppositions, rose and we're disturbing every moment he will pray he will pray he will pray oh gosh throughout the whole thing he was conned and mocked by people they would say ah, ah do you think you similar to Dwyer, they were like do you think they would even send him letters do you think you can build this thing down back do you think you can revert i beg you cannot do this thing they mocked him they scorned him false prophets prophecies arose different things but I think what kept Nehemiah was is he, he was with God. He had this deep and intimate relationship with God, and he was always constantly going back. He would say, "Lord, do not allow us to be mocked. Do not do this. Do that. God help us." He was praying. And another thing that I saw about Nehemiah was that he collaborated and partnered, and this amplified the vision, just like Jesus did with the twelve disciples. It takes a village, not a man. It takes a community, it takes a country, it takes a people and not a man. So he, he, he had this beautiful sense of servant leadership. Nehemiah at some point was appointed governor 
if you when you read the scriptures but he, he never he never took any special privileges of being governor he, he, he told us there how many people were eating at his table how many people were being fed how many when he saw so so much wisdom and he was not just a leader by mouth of God with he, he built with the people he said he would stand he would they would order and they are gosh oh God. <laughs> holy spirit ah no Nehemiah it's it's and there was a prayer I prayed and I found very profound gosh he said he said um, when everything had happened he, he prayed a prayer to God personally he said remember me for this my God and do not blot out what I have so faithfully done for the house of my God and its services and God answered that prayer and that is the reason why I myself and you can read about Nehemiah in the scriptures because God answered that prayer. He said, do not blot out. Do not erase. Make sure it is spoken about this thing that I have done for your house and for your service. And God answered. Gosh. No, 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 no. There's, there's so much wisdom in this. So, Nehemiah was just a servant leader. He, 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 uh, he worked. There was diligence in rebuilding. He was working with the people. He did not say, yeah, carry the blocks. Do this. He worked with the people. He worked with the people when he saw that there was injustice that the people that were working so hard to rebuild the, the wall of God the wall of the city of God he made sure that he fixed it he was fixing solutions after solutions by the wisdom of God so this is how to handle a body this is how to handle a body first thing is to pray and consult with God the first thing is to receive the next thing I'd rather is to receive divine wisdom on how to go from that there's something God has shown me recently and it's beyond the number. Okay, the thing about bodies that I think is, is over time, it would have been there. But you just know when it's the time by the Spirit of God, by the witness of the Spirit of God, to step out and to start doing. So this is just it's just so beautiful. If you have a body that the Lord is showing you, it is time to pray, it is time to partner with God, it is time to co-create with God, it is time to follow His dis- distinct and clear-cut guidelines and instructions. And not built by your own wisdom. This has been so beautiful, beautiful insight for me, and it's so practical that I'm using it for this time. I really hope it has blessed you. I hope it has blessed you so much, like it has blessed me, and it is blessing me. So I would love you to share with me what you found profound in this session. You can write to me via email, for people that know me personally, WhatsApp or anywhere, and I would like to discuss these things with you. And how do we move from here? Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please share with your friends, your family, your loved ones. Let them be encouraged. Let them be let them be encouraged. And this is another thing I want you to know that God is with you. You will not fail. It will it will it will show you how to go. So just walk with them. Walk with them. Walk with them. And um, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. See you next week Saturday. Bye.